0: Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Disney sues Governor DeSantis. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share with a friend. Don't keep it to yourself. Come on now. Send us your thoughts at Podcast at cbn.org via email. Hit us up there. We'd love to hear from you. As we get through the news of the Cray, each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. Joining me, Trey phillips Billy is on assignment today. Trey, what's going on? Friday, Junior. I know. The weekend is creeping up on us. Yes. Um, Thursday's a good day. It is. What do we have coming up, Trey? There was a school board meeting that became unhinged
1: yeah des- it descended into chaos i think is probably a, a fair way to yeah. uh, to classify it so uh, there was a tweet that was sent out and parents uh, got a hold of that tweet uh, and then uh, it's always kind a tweet it always starts b- b- with a tweet so we'll get into the details about yeah. the infamous tweet
0: <laughs> all right all right we'll do that and also on the main thing Uh, CBN's Abigail Robertson has an interview with a woman who started a podcast on the subject of God's design for sex and intimacy and marriage. And she had no idea the reaction she was going to get. She thought it was going to be like six people listening to this thing, but sparked quite a reaction. So it's a great conversation Abigail has uh, with this podcaster. Look forward to bringing you that on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Governor Ron DeSantis has been sued by Disney. The new Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board, they voted to nullify, this was yesterday, the last-minute deals that the previous Disney-appointed board made with uh, Disney to cede its power to the company before the new board took over. Disney responded soon after by filing a, a lawsuit In the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Florida, they claimed that they were the victims of a, quote, targeted campaign of government retaliation. This all comes, of course, as Governor DeSantis is mulling a run for the presidential nomination in 2024. A student-led evangelistic event based in Oklahoma has quickly become one of the largest outreaches in the country after more than 80,000 people signed up for tickets within a matter of days. This is Fill the Stadium at Oklahoma University. You can read more about that over at CBNNews.com. Chance the Rapper, Carrie Job, Chandler Moore, and others will be there. And we'll be there reporting on it as well, too. 75 years ago, a declaration signed in Tel Aviv Art Gallery changed the world forever. Against overwhelming odds, the fledgling state of Israel not only survived, but has grown beyond expectation. Check out CBN's coverage of Israel's 75th anniversary over at CBNnews.com. Trey, we got to take part yesterday in a prayer event for Israel and talking to our CBN News Israel team. It's it's always fascinating. They do such a phenomenal job tying everything to biblical history and taking a look at what's going on today.
1: I think that's something that's so unique about our CBN Israel team, right, is that a lot of uh, organizations and media outlets are reporting on this stuff. But if, if you open up, really, you could just pick one, any mainstream outlet, it's going to be biased against Israel. Oh, you can just yeah. guarantee uh, that Israel is going to be the aggressor and that <laughs> yeah. whatever country it is, whether it's Iran or Palestine, uh, they're going to be uh, the victims of Israel's uh, colonialism or whatever word you come up with uh, or that the media might come up with so it's good to see a news outlet that's reporting on it fairly obviously we're honest about the conflicts there and the it's a nuanced situation Uh, so we try to be honest about that of course but uh, as you said chris mitchell and the team there are are, are wendy stall or julie stall i mean are are, um, are really focusing on uh the 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 faith aspect right and that this is biblically significant to us uh, as christians uh, mm-hmm. and it matters that we put that context in into the situation so anyway yeah. they do great work and it was great to co-host that prayer event
0: they do and i went over there in 2018 i believe it i believe it was 2018 but that whatever the year was that they trump was putting the us embassy in jerusalem for the first time after many administrations on both sides of the Al-Had said they were going to do that. They never did. Trump did do that. So we went over there and there were all these protests going on. And it was really fascinating to see it. And Chris Mitchell and his team, they they report on this accurately all the time. But I got to see it myself. And it was it was remarkable to see. I was right down on the southernmost part parts of Israel, right on the border there of Gaza. And... You could see all these protests happening and they were sending in these um, Molotov cocktails on balloons. They'd like float them over and they'd explode, you know, on the other side and they were setting fires on the border trying to break through and they had all these, uh, you know, and of course rockets were flying through uh, frequently and always do. And I'm watching this and, you know, the, the IDF is just sitting there, you know, kind of monitoring the situation making sure nobody comes through on their border and then you then you turn and read the media and it's all yelling at israel and it's just it's unbelievable you know they go out of their way they just fall into these narratives and i'm just i just i'm like i just watch this they're over here they're mad about the embassy thing and so they're all rushing the border and then they're like complaining when someone sets fire to the fence runs through when they've explicitly stated, by the way, when they showed us all the evidence of this, of saying that they were going to go into these towns and commit terror attacks. So you have the motive. You see them violently disregarding the IDF right there. It's, just, it's remarkable. You watch it unfold in person. Chris just saw a terror attack. Actually, he happened upon it. right. He was right there, and he filmed it. It's on our YouTube channel, a little uh, summation of it. The stuff that they see is remarkable. And like you said, Trey you are not going to get a fair shake for Israel up from these other outlets. You're just not. Go look at what everybody said in the 75th anniversary. It's, it's all, oh, yeah, Israel is all divided. They're yelling at each other. There's, there's no discussion of how remarkable it is that Israel exists in the first place. N- none of that. None of that. They don't want to talk about any of that. It's all just and how it, can we demean Israel.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, like, isn't it? insane that that's their day-to-day life in Israel. Yeah. Like yeah. they're dealing with this bombardment of violence yeah. every single day it's like something <laughs> yeah. happens and then they're going to go out to dinner anyway. They're still going to yeah. go to the park and do whatever they're going to do. So they've learned to live with it, which they is really do. I think unfathomable in um in our western way of thinking in our western. I mean, thankfully, right, we have the blessing of not having to deal with that.
0: Uh very thankful for Chris and the team there in Israel. We'll definitely continue to pray for them and um, and everything that's going on there in the 70, 75th uh, anniversary. But I want to move now into our next story. And a recent Catholic school board meeting, as we mentioned there at the top in Ontario, really went off the rails. We've seen this happen a lot at some of these school board meetings. People are starting to take out their frustrations at these school board meetings. So what happened in this one?
1: Yeah, so there was one uh one Twitter post that was covering this uh this meeting and they described it as an explosion uh, that went <laughs> off uh when parents uh, really went to bat uh, at the school board. Okay, so it's the Waterloo Catholic School Board uh in Ontario, Canada. One of the trustees, her name is Wendy Ashby. She actually tweeted this back in October. Uh, she posted a tweet that was very very uh I I would say inflammatory, so this is what she wrote, uh, because it's not necessarily incredibly clear on the audio we're going to play in a second. Uh, She wrote, the most dangerous creature on the planet is the white Christian male. They're a threat to anyone that is not them. Uh, So parents apparently just found out about this tweet more recently. They all decided or several of them decided to start protesting. And then during a public comment section of this latest meeting, uh, one of the parents, a man who you're about to hear, got up, read the tweet and tried to get the school board trustees uh, to respond to this tweet. Uh, so this is the clip of, of what happened. Well, Wendy Ashby Wendy said- the most dangerous creature on the planet is the white Christian male. Point
0: of there order, please, be aware that, that this, me, no. or please be aware that such behavior and outbursts are not tolerated. Does this board condemn or oppose this Please be aware that such behavior...
2: Could result in your removal from this proceeding should it continue. Please sit so down,
0: sir. I approve of this statement. I would ask Miss Ashley herself, but she is sitting this one. This hour. is your
2: first warning. Please sit down, sir. This uh, outpost will not be accepted.
0: Do you approve
1: or condemn this racist, okay. sexist, anti Christian statement? Okay, I will repeat yes this no. above warning. This needs to be <laughs> so that. <laughs> That actually went on for about two, close to two minutes. The two just went back and forth with each other uh, because he just uh, kept obviously trying to to share his complaints and the complaints of several parents uh, trying to get a response. uh, And they never really got one, which probably doesn't surprise, (laughs) probably doesn't surprise
0: y'all. So what ultimately ended up happening at this meeting after this confrontation here?
1: Yeah, so the, that was, uh, like I said, at the beginning of kind of a public comment um, session uh, during the meeting, uh, and it, it really just went off the rails uh, at that point. The po- portion we didn't play uh, shortly after uh, that section, about 30 seconds that we played, shortly after that, a lot of the other parents and people in the audience started clapping and applauding. I'm sure there were some a smattering of boos in there, too, as a lot of noise, maybe people who were defending the school board, but the vast majority seemed to be defending defending. defending the parent uh, who was standing up and trying to hold the trustees' feet to the fire and get an answer. That, though, like I said, never happened. The board actually decided to just end the meeting, uh, and they left the room. All of the board members just walked out of the room uh, while residents clapped and cheered and also chanted shame uh, as they exited because uh, they refused to hold themselves responsible or at the very least hold Ashby accountable for what she tweeted.
0: It's really remarkable that in so many of these instances, you have them not even wanting to hear like when some of these parents read explicit material that's at the school that the, the students are often subject to. And, yeah. and you can't read that in here. Whoa, whoa, this is a public forum. It's like, uh, this is happening at the school, ma'am. And then my kids have to hear it, but we can't hear it here and they don't see the irony. So what's uh? you said that the community was clapping there. Has there been any sort of response in the news that they've that they've given to this?
1: Well, so we should note, too, that this is not the only thing. It, w- it was not a one-off from Ashby. It's not like she tweeted one thing and everything else. She had a glowing record when right. it comes to, uh, to her view of Christians or uh, apparently of, of white people, uh, of white Christians in particular, uh, and then, uh, of course, white males. So earlier this year, on March 28th, uh, she called white women, quote, obedient soldiers of the Christo-fascist patriarchy. There's a, a whole lot there, but I think the parent is right to be uh, speaking out because, one, if this was any other religion, that would be a problem. It would get a yeah. whole lot of media attention. And certainly if this was any other race, uh, right, if this was a person of any other ethnic background uh, and they're making inflammatory comments like this, everybody would be up in arms about it being racist. Why is this not classified as racist? So that's why a lot of parents have been uh, very upset, and they actually launched a petition to have Ash be removed from her position on the Catholic school board. Uh, The board hasn't responded to all of that uh, quite yet, but the petition calls Ashby's comments irresponsible, slanderous, accusatory, and inflammatory. Uh, it argues that she's marginalizing, stigmatizing, and possibly even endangering, quote, a sizable group of the very students she's responsible for protecting and supporting. So parents are not backing down. Uh, I think the, the anger and frustration is mounting, uh, but so far the school board has decided uh, just to not say anything. Yeah. But I uh, I think they're probably going to have to address this eventually.
0: Yeah. And look, I know this happened in Canada. And so you might be thinking, I know we have a lot of listeners from Canada. So you guys are kind of going to have to deal with this sort of thing. I know in America, you're thinking, well, I don't know. That's Canada. But we've seen enough of these here. And we have certainly seen that sentiment about white Christian men, just white men in general. But then white Christian men, they're sort of being set up as the boogeyman. And I find it interesting, Trey, that... Everyone is so comfortable to bash this group. But if, I mean, look, if you let's play the game, let's try to fill in the blanks and put in some other examples here. Jewish men are the most dangerous on the planet. Black men are the most dangerous on the planet. Gay men are the most dangerous on the planet. If you say any of these other things, you're getting canceled. I mean, I might get canceled already just for saying it in this context. Whoa, listen to what he's saying there. It's a. Uh, It's remarkable. I mean, it just should be obviously, like the gentleman was saying there on tape, a racist statement, blatantly bigoted statement. And we're unable to condemn this as a culture. It's concerning to me that that's the case.
1: Yeah, well, I think, and we've heard for for so long, uh, that racism is only one thing. Yeah, Uh, it's all all, racism is only when uh, a white person says something about a minority. Of course, that is racism, and nobody's arguing that it's not racism. Uh, If you're you're being discriminatory, or doing something wrong solely based on the the color of somebody's skin. But it can go any which direction. It doesn't matter. Anytime you're dismissing somebody because of the color of their skin, because they're male or female, uh, or because they're Christian. Mm that's wrong. I, I don't care who you are or or what you think uh, or why you're doing it. Uh, it's it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, we have this carve out in our culture where when it comes to Christians, uh, that's allowed. And it's not actually. It's more than allowed. It's like encouraged in a lot of areas of our culture, right? It's encouraged if you're the one who's willing to stand up and bash the Christians. Uh, then then you're actually doing a, a society some sort of good uh, by standing up to the evil, bad. Christians, uh, even in our country, you mentioned this was Canada, but we've talked about this on the podcast a couple times now uh, that the FBI was sending plants into yep. the Catholic Church because sure. the Catholic Church, the, the believers there, are so dangerous, dangerous. yeah, uh, that they're a threat to our country.
0: Gotta watch out for those Christians, Trey. They might break <laughs> out in prayer and at any moment, mass prayer may happen. Watch out. We well, we saw that there was revival happening at Asbury. Everyone, pay close attention can't have all those thoughts and prayers happening out there but it does make me think of Matthew 5:11 mm-hmm. blessed are you who when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my name's sake and when you see that happening hey look it's awful to go through nobody wants to go through this but when you find yourself in that you got we've got to remember that this is this is how you get a blessing is when you stand strong in your faith and when you're persecuted for Jesus's name, for standing on those values and those principles, that's something that we can look forward to getting praised for and bringing glory to God in eternity. And so, regardless of what happens here, as you can yeah. see, the disciples in Acts, right? They're they're just they they get thrown in prison, and they're getting attempted to be stoned, and they keep going out and they keep preaching the gospel.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic perspective. And it's it's a good thing to remember too, right? Because obviously our faith as Christians, what sets us apart is we're not works-based. There's nothing that we can do to earn any sort of salvation or right standing with God. But that being said, uh, God is eager to reward his faithful servants, right? Mm-hmm. He's eager to reward our obedience when we get to that point when we get to heaven uh, and we go to the judgment seat and we're there you know being accountable for the things that we've done in our life. Obviously there's going to be plenty of sins that we've all done, uh, but He wants to reward us for our obedience and for the ways that we've stood up for His name because at the end of the day, that's what matters, right. If yeah. you're being obedient to the Lord, whatever you face in this life pales in comparison to the rewards that are that are coming.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so appreciate you bringing that one, Trey, this uh, confrontation. We've seen more of these at these school board meetings, and we'll certainly continue to keep an eye out, when, especially when Christians are kind of brought up into the crossfire in these things. Appreciate you bringing that. We're going to move over to the main thing now. And we used to feel like a forbidden topic in church. A growing number of Christian women's ministry leaders are now teaching their fellow believers in Christ about God's design for sex and intimacy in marriage. The CBN News and Abigail Robertson recently spoke with one podcaster, one woman who set out with a podcast, didn't think it was going to have much in an impact, but Francie Winslow actually struck quite a nerve. Talking about how women can rethink intimacy in their marriages from a biblical perspective. Abby got a chance to sit down and talk to her about that and more. That is today's main thing.
3: Francie Winslow may not be your average Bible teacher. Welcome to the Heaven in Your Home podcast. Today's episode. But her podcast, focused on sex, marriage, and God's idea of intimacy, is deeply resonating with her listeners. It's a challenge and I did not know how much this message
2: was needed. I thought it would be um, just a kind of a niche offering. Brancy's journey into this topic began in her own marriage. And when I got married at the ripe age of 20, I didn't know how to flip that switch into, now you can enjoy intimacy, now you can do it. And so that transition from being unmarried to married took me quite on a journey of healing and exploring God's heart on my body. Is it good? My sexuality, is it beautiful or is it dirty? Is it a gift or is it a burden? Is it a blessing or is
3: it a duty? Francie and her husband Wyatt started praying over these questions. It changed our lives drastically um, in how God was healing us and
2: how he was also helping us re-see the gift of our bodies and the power of
3: married sex in the way that he created it to be a place of oneness. Francie tells CBN News that while she never intended to speak publicly about sex, her husband encouraged her to tell friends about what God was teaching them. I said, I will never talk to my friends about
2: this because it felt so off limits as a Christian woman and kind of um, inappropriate. And I think what that showed me is how much healing God wanted to do because there's nothing inappropriate about the gift of married intimacy. It's holy and it is God's.
3: As Francie pursues this ministry, she finds many women hungry to know more about God's design for sex and intimacy in marriage, and she helps them see how heaven comes through all of it. I pray the podcast becomes is an open door and an
2: invitation to the voice of God and the healing power of God to speak into our most vulnerable
3: places. Do you feel like many Christian women are prepared when they get married for what sex looks like in the in a christian sense in marriage i sadly don't
2: i'm getting emails from women who've been married 30 or 40 years who say i never heard any of this god's healing me and now my daughter's getting married and i need help what do i tell her and i really believe that god is longing to pour out his heart and his spirit and his wisdom about this gift of married
3: intimacy in a way that will heal generations francy believes the church has missed an opportunity for thousands of years to talk about this subject in a healthy way. It is interesting that I think um, women and men of every
2: generation have missed the depth and the healing that God has for us in this conversation. And the long-term silence has led to shame. I do see a lot of young women getting married who are craving to have this conversation not just about the act but about the meaning and about the bigger picture and about their um, calling to live. In intimacy without shame.
3: That's why she encourages
2: church leaders to talk about sex. I have a lot of leaders who have communicated with me and say, I want to start groups where we're talking about this. And I think that is where the beauty of God's healing work can happen best is in the local church, it's in community, it's in real life
3: relationships where you can say this is how things really are in my life. Francie explains when women experience restoration and freedom in Jesus Christ, the impact is profound. When there is restored intimacy in a marriage, there's this ripple effect
2: of love that can impact the children and our careers and our churches and our
3: communities and our culture. That ripple effect is expanding beyond Francie's ministry, and she tells CBN News that God is also helping her podcast reach an unexpected audience.
2: I've had testimonies from people of even different faiths who found my podcast and say that God is restoring their heart and healing their heart and healing their home because of this truth of his heart for our bodies to
3: be truly bearing his image. You say I am good. As a mother of six, Francie also produces music to help kids learn their bodies are good and how they are created in the image of God. I'm praying that those seeds
2: of truth and dignity can really offer them an integrated faith that will help them not only stand up in this culture of confusion, but also have words of love to give to other children who are confused about the value, worth, and meaning of their body.
3: In just three years, Francie's podcast has seen more than a million downloads, with many women experiencing healing as they've also brought heaven into their homes. Abigail Robertson, CBN News.
0: All right, Abigail, thanks so much for that. Very interesting conversation there, a topic that um, is certainly important to marriages and one that often gets overlooked. So really, really interesting topic there. Glad um, that Abigail decided to tackle that one. Well, that's going to leave us with time for one last thing here. I want to take a look at Acts 14, going down to around verse 4 here, where it says, But the people of the city, they were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some were with the apostles. This is when they were preaching the gospel over there. And an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews um, to mistreat and stone them. And they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derby nearby and the surrounding country. And there, this is the key part here, there they continued to preach the gospel. And so you just love to see that. You know, this is Paul and Barnabas, and they're getting stoned. Literally, they're people are mad about hearing the gospel. They're trying to stone them, and they just keep on being faithful, and preaching the gospel.
1: Yeah, that's such a powerful reminder, I think, because it can be easy to get tied up in our own mess and our own difficulty. And that's not to say the things we go through aren't important. Like my pastor the other day was saying, we just need to keep things in context. He said, we're not going to get up to heaven and say, oh man, you know, I was kicked off of Facebook because I was a Christian. <laughs> and then look at Daniel and say, so I was a lion's den? Yeah. He's like, obviously, <laughs> right. obviously, we
0: need to keep things in perspective. They matter, uh, right. but at the end of the day, being faithful to Christ is what matters most. Yeah, I love that. That line's down. It's pretty wild, huh? What did you guys go through? Well, I got, you know, my tweets. Somebody wrote a nasty tweet to me and stuff. <laughs> yeah, a little perspective. So, but still, but still getting persecuted and getting degraded in any way for Christ's name is still going to be a blessing to you. So let's, let's stay yeah. strong in the midst of that. Good place to leave it here on this Friday. Junior Lord willing in that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.